I'm gonna look at the camera the entire time. I'm gonna be talking to you, but I'm gonna be like, I see your soul right here. Come on, look at me. Hey, brother! And welcome everyone to our spoiler review of Spider-Man No Way Home. I am so excited to talk about this movie. Same, same here. And, and honestly, if you haven't seen it yet, like I would never encourage you to not watch one of our videos after you've already clicked into it, but like, it is so worth seeing this movie without having anything spoiled. And very similar to, I feel like, Infinity War and Endgame, yeah. at least in our corner of the internet, I have seen people being so respectful. Yes, of, so that's the other thing. If you've seen it, please be respectful of the spoilers. Yes, exactly. Yes. So it's it's really cool though, because like I, I posted a picture like in my Spider-Man getup and like the number of people who were like giving their um, reactions to it in the comments were yeah. like, I couldn't believe it when redacted turned into redacted. What? And it was like, that's so cool. Like that you- <laughs> Like we know. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it was, it was just a really neat way for, for people to be like sort of, communicating about it. I love that. It gives me, it, it fills my heart, I feel like, when it comes to um, talking about fandoms like in general. Every, it's, like, it's like feeling like everyone wants everyone to experience it in the best way. Yes. 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 So, but, so the non-spoiler review is definitely go see it. Absolutely go yes. see it. Yeah, so right out of the gate, I will tell you that I think this is one of the best Marvel movies that there is. Um, Hands down. I Like, I... I the only thing that I think would be preventing me from saying that it is my favorite Marvel movie is basically just the inability to have been able to like have it in my home library of movies and like watch it on a sick day. You know, like, like oh. will it be the movie? So time will tell. It could just climb the ranks based on future performance. I, I think I think it's the type of thing. So like, I always go back to the original Iron Man as one because I will watch that movie like three times a year. Yeah. Like just because I just, I just love it. Um, but yeah, so, but otherwise, I mean, this movie, I had high expectations for it. And I think that Far From Home was really, really good. I agree. And I think going into this movie, I had no idea that we, that what we were gonna see is an end game level event. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think I did either. I'm so excited to dive into it. Riley, roll the intro. Spider-Man, hero or menace? Let's begin. Let's begin. Well, I think, okay, just right out of the gate, one of the things I really liked about just the entire movie was like, the, it, was a, it was a very efficient use of time. Like it was really good pacing yeah. all the way out, but that doesn't mean they were like rushing through anything. Like, especially the beginning, I thought, like, the whole world is finding out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. For some reason, they're, like, reacting to it in this crazy way that they didn't for, like, Tony Stark or Steve Rogers or heroes that actually know. Well, I, I guess, guess it's because of Mysterio. It's definitely because of Mysterio because it was, like, such a graphic and, like, very yeah. public display <clears throat> of what appeared to be, based on what Mysterio was able to do, effectively, like really badly for a Peter Underwood. Right, sure. So instead of like just discovering the secret identity of a superhero, it's discovering the secret identity of what they thought was a superhero who is now someone who killed Mysterio, who many people believe to be good. Right. Um, okay. So, yes. Um, but I agree. I think, I think that like the pacing for this movie was gonna always be strange because yeah. they, yeah, uh, they're packing so, so, so much into it. And like with any Avengers, 
movie, one of the things that always blows my mind is the ability to have each of these massive characters have all of the necessary like spotlight yeah. to successfully have included them. Like right. it's, it's not the case that you're sort of like, well, Bruce didn't really do anything in this one. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, like every character always gets their, gets their moment. And I feel like there was a lot to include in this movie and that they, and yeah, in that they did it. Yeah. But the thing I would say, and I put this under like the lightest of criticisms. Cause I would not call like, I'm not upset by this. You know, I'm not, I'm not throwing a fuss or, or anything like that. I felt like there was some stuff that they treated very similarly to the way that they introduced Peter to you as Spider-Man, which was, I was bit by a radioactive spider. That's like, yeah. you know, this origin story. We're not going to go and spend time on it. We're not going to show you nerdy Peter before and then super ripped Peter after. Right. Like, been there, done that. Right. But what I do feel like they did was a whole lot of like, I'm just going to assume that you were okay with us progressing the plot in this way. Right. Which is like- I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Like Peter going and finding the admissions person on a busy highway near New York City inside of her car. Well, he has like the, like the Edith technology still going on. I think he doesn't have the Edith technology going on because the suit yeah. is shut down. Yeah, you're right. But he's still, yeah, you're right. So okay. anyway, I don't want to be stuck on that. But yeah. the point is, I felt like there was even like the Doctor Strange, just his immediate willingness to perform the spell for him was something that I really thought we would find more context for in the movie. And it was going to be like either it wasn't actually Doctor Strange or that there was some like grand reveal as to why Doctor Strange was like, I owed Peter one, you know, for this, that, or the other. Yeah. Instead, it sort of seems like he's a little bit miffed with Peter being there anyway. And Peter's like asking for a kind of massive kind favor. Of big favor. Doctor Strange is known for being a little rash, for being a little arrogant, especially when he was a surgeon. Yeah. But the, the reckless nature at which he's just sort of like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then like, whipping all this stuff up. And it's almost like he was writing bad code. And instead of like going back and deleting it, he was just writing new code underneath the bad code in order to fix the previous bad code. But the bad code still existed. It seemed like he could have had like a, a one minute conversation with him a little bit more like, okay, here's basically how the spell is gonna work. Now that said, that means literally everyone. Is there anyone you need to Exclude from that. Exclude from that. Like, if had they had that conversation, the whole plot of the movie doesn't happen. Right. And even, even like, in the middle of the spell, he's like, I can add that in. Sure. He's like, he seems, like, so willing to it. Like he's never just like, mm, I'm sorry, they're gone. It's too bad. Right. But yeah. the, the what I think is really interesting about the spell itself is the spell is the catalyst for the meat of the movie. Yeah. And so... Like you've you've sort of got this like secondary, like New York City is mad at Peter Parker thing going on, but then more immediately you have villains from every Spider-Man movie ever emerging on New York because this spell goes wrong. Yeah. And it's sort of Peter and Doctor Strange's fault that most of the plot of the movie happens at all. Yeah. Um, I think it's going well, to be- Well, I guess, I guess Mysterio is the one who outs Peter though. And that's why he's going to the spell. Yes, um, yeah. yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, so I guess you can you can give Mysterio some of the credit for that. But I think what's interesting about this is this movie was so much about our Tom Holland's Peter Parker 
like character growth. Yeah. They did a lot with this in this movie because Peter has kind of been an interesting addition to the Avengers lineup where you have a bunch of alpha personalities who all know they're a superhero. Yeah. And then you've got Peter, who is quite literally a high school student who has looked up to Tony Stark. He's looked up to Mysterio. He's looked up to his Aunt May. Uh, in the course of this movie, he at times he's literally looking up to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yep. And I feel like a lot of what they've been doing with him is not trying to put you any under any illusion that he hasn't still been largely a kid. Yeah. And I think that even in the other movies, when Peter is fighting someone, he's like actively like apologizing for potential damage that he's causing, <laughs> which is sort of like, I'm really sorry, I'm under orders here. Like, ah, yeah. gotta, gotta sling this thing in your face, which goes to show that he's he is acting on the basis of the people that he looks up to, not entirely on the basis of his own driving forces. Right. Um, like he's he's like he got these superpowers and he was like oh I'm looking I'm maybe oh look I can do this and then you know Tony Stark notices him immediately and he's like okay I'll just make Mr Stark proud exactly yeah okay, yeah I guess I guess I should be a superhero I don't know but like he hasn't had like the and he does in this movie he hadn't had like the with great power comes great responsibility line yes yet delivered to him and man was it done well it like, was. Geez, worth waiting for. Absolutely worth. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Like we we had even we had even made like the little uh, theory idea on like TikTok a few days before the yeah. release where we had come up with this like maybe Tobey Maguire's doppelganger existed in the MCU and that he was going to be Uncle Ben and you'd have this moment where like you discover that because Aunt May sees him and she's like, "What? You're dead." You yeah. know, and I was like, oh, and so often I, I and it's probably because I just like our theories and I think they're fun. Yeah. We do what we do. Um, but I was like, no, this is better. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Better. <laughs> I know. Fondry, like, this is better. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so sad. Well, it wasn't sad yet is the thing. Like they did. OK, so we'll just I guess we'll just talk about uh, that scene in particular. Yeah. Where uh, Aunt May is delivering. She is the one to deliver the lines. And like all of a sudden, like the whole audience, because this was the other thing about the movie, it was a really good theater experience because people were just like clapping and cheering. But like you could feel like the whole audience anticipating the line coming. And it was just like, oh no, she's going to say it. And it like, it was so cool. He's like, oh, what a a moment for growth. And then all of a sudden, like she still looks okay at that point. And he's like, great line, great line. Then then she like falters and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. I know. Uh-oh. Yeah. And yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Mm. Like, I know it's a, I know, I know what happens next. <laughs> it's not good. Um, and it was it was it's so it's so emotional. Um, and the thing that was really, really, really cool about Aunt May delivering this line mm-hmm. is I feel like we got to know so much at the core of what I think will be Peter's key ideology yeah. as he goes forward. Like up until this point, I would say Peter has really favored Tony in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, he just is an actual genius. Uh, his ability to create an engineer is massive. Yeah. Especially for someone his age. And so it's like he's had all this like tech experience and knowledge. And he's like, he's doing everything like sort of like in, in Tony's shadow. And absolutely, I mean, Far From Home is all about like the loss of Tony. Yeah. Um, but I felt like 
this idea of doing the right thing always is this huge leap over to Steve. And Mm. it's like, because that's the thing, you could rely on Steve Rogers to do the right thing always. Yeah. Always, 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 no matter what. Well, they're definitely trying to like give him both of those personalities. Yes. Like, I mean, in in, um, Far From Home, there is, you know, he's literally carrying like the shield and wearing like this the spite iron spider-man suit he just built yeah and you're just like that's the and, <laughs> like, I, and we know what you're doing right uh, i mean yeah. even the the inclusion of or the the um big battle that happens is on the statue of liberty which has yeah a modification a to it shield which is the the cap shield yeah and so it's like i i feel like what they're really doing is taking like the civil war argument of Tony versus Steve and and putting both of those into Peter. But the interesting thing about Peter is he's just so young. Yeah. So it's like, I, but I, I just think the whole saga so far is doing this, like all, but it is just glorious the way that they are putting this Peter Parker character together. Oh, it, it really is because like, you're right. Like so far he's really just been like looking up to other people and like kind of being like, is this the way I be a superhero? Is this the way I do it? Right. Like I know, I feel like I should do it. I don't know necessarily why, but I do have powers and people with powers do this. And it's like, now he's got the words like with great power comes great responsibility. And like even the words on May's like headstone about like, if you helped anyone, you helped everyone. Yes. Or something. I feel like that was another good like, um, like driving force because what the movie also does though by the end is completely isolate Peter to what has to be devastating loneliness you almost have to think it is but like I even loved I had so much appreciation for the way that they ended this movie because I I had this one prickle moment right at the end where Peter goes in to the donut shop to see MJ after, you know, basically they have forgotten him his entire existence. Yeah. And he walks in, you know, he's got like his piece of paper and he's like ordering his coffee and then like Ned walks in. And I was like, I swear if Ned and MJ are dating and what Peter's about to witness is like his two best friends having fallen in love with one another, then I feel like that is going to crush him. Yeah. And instead, what I what I thought was really, really, really cool about this was they didn't even have a situation where MJ and Peter's exchange was just very like, okay, man, like, see ya. Like, yeah. they have a really, really, really sweet moment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what that allows is Peter makes a decision. He does the right thing. He doesn't try to include them in it in like, you know, then put them at risk again yeah. by knowing who he is and the secret identity and trying to explain everything. But- at bare minimum, they allow Peter, what I would say, to walk out of that donut shop with bright eyes. Yeah. So he's not walking out devastated. He's not walking out in the same state of mind as he is when he's about to beat the living crap out of Green Goblin. Oh my gosh, does he ever. Yes, uh, which I'm gonna come back to that in a minute because that was insane. But I feel like what they gave Peter is, is a lot of isolation, is another huge uphill battle, is like basically the time where he's gonna have to figure out who he is because literally nobody is going to guide him if they have no idea who he is. That's the thing, like no one can guide him. Like no one knows who Peter Parker, I really, really thought he was gonna like call the Daily Bugle and like set up the like, I work for J. Jonah Jameson taking pictures of Spider-Man thing. Oh, sure. I thought that was gonna happen. 
but um, that did not. So, right. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So you're, what you're witnessing though is, and is, I still think it will be a while, but I do feel like there will be an absolutely epic moment when inevitably I think Peter will be leading the Avengers. Oh, I think so. I mean, he's even like, even like in the little, the final battle when they're having like their little Spider-Man powwow, like we've never worked on a team before. And he's like, I have, I was a part of the Avengers. And they're like, that's amazing. What's that? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. It's such a funny moment. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't have the Avengers? Yeah. You don't have the Avengers? Hold on, you've been to space? Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, let me talk about that too. Cause as long as we're talking about like the leadership and Peter <clears> looking up to people, the really, really interesting thing about including Andrew and Toby uh, as the other Peter Parkers into this situation yeah. is I would say they come in and immediately right out of the gate, Peter looks up to them because right. there's a the scene on the roof where Petey, Peter is just broken. He is like, I'm done. And they come in and they explain like, here was my bad moment. Here was my bad moment. Like you can do this because it's what we right. do. Cause it's like, they're like, they're the veteran Spider-Man, obviously like they've right. been doing it longer than he has. But what's but. really cool. And this is what I, so I thought I was afraid that the, the inclusion of those two was gonna be fan service and it was gonna be frustrating and it's not. It was not. Because what they allow him to do is it starts where Peter is looking up to the other two Peters as leaders mm -hmm. and then literally they squish and they're peers. And then it shifts and Peter is the leader. Yeah. And it's like He's literally- like, They literally call him sp like Spider-Man one. Spider-Man one or, yeah. or Peter one or whatever. Peter one or whatever they do. Because <laughs> like, it was almost confusing because you'd think it would go Toby one, Andrew two, and he's three. And he, he's just like, I'm, I'm Spider-Man three. Right. Okay. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. Um, so like, all of that, it is, I, I think it is, I think Peter Parker is going, is one of the most well-developed characters that I am aware of uh, is, they're doing a really good job with it. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, I didn't even know going into the movie, like you, I don't know how, I feel like I didn't see it coming or something, but like you knew the five villains were gonna be there at least from the other right. Spider-Man movies. And there was pretty heavy rumoring I, that Toby and Andrew were gonna be there as well. It, I mean, it was a meme basically. I mean, it was yeah. just like, like I, here's the thing is that like, if they weren't in it, I think I, they, they would have been really like, they'd have really painted themselves into a corner because people wanted it so badly that if they weren't in it, it'd be like, well, guys, no one made any promises here. Right, like, right. You, like, just cause you, what? But they were, and it was it's just awesome. It like ends up being like a superhero team up movie. It's like, it is like an Avengers movie. And I was not expecting that going in. No, you have either, yeah. three Spider-Men, Doctor Strange, you've got five villains. It's going, it's just nuts. Yeah, and they're all, you know, like, yeah. like big name actors and stuff. Yeah, it was really cool to watch it be so well executed. Yeah, okay, so let me ask you this. This is one thing I can see some people offering as a critique to the movie. Like you and me, we grew up watching the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I think in the first two weeks of Super Carlin Brothers, one of the videos we did was reviewing The Amazing Spider-Man. Right, yeah. Before we did any fandom stuff at all. That was just like, maybe this will be part of what we do. Right. Um, you know, so we we have seen all the other Spider-Man movies. And so when we're watching this one, like it is just such an awesome thing to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield show up and to see Doc Ock and Willem Dafoe and, you know, Jamie Foxx and everyone show up. The question is, the, do you have to do your homework? Do Yes. D d does any of that not play as well if you're not familiar with all of the past Spider-Man movies? And is that okay? And like, I, I honestly just have no idea. It's like, a perspective that you can't, 
like I, I feel I felt the same way about like the Harry Potter movies before. It's like I wish I could have watched them without ever having read the book, so I would know what that felt like. Right. It's like there's no way for me to not know why these characters are important. And right. I I feel like when it comes to the Raimi Spider Man, especially, I feel like it's like an iconic trilogy of yeah. movies. And so it's like, it's one of those things where it's not obscure. It's not this like random, you know, 1983 Batman. And oh, did you notice that that was the same actor who played whatever? It doesn't feel like a leap to assume you've seen the other Spider-Man movies. It doesn't, it doesn't like right now. You know I, what I mean? I know, yes. That's in yeah. like, you know, if, if 10 years from now, you know, like our kids are watching just through the MCU and they get to this point, are they going to be like, who, who was, who were these guys? Like, right. Or are they just going to be like, oh, other Spider-Men came through too. That's so cool. And I was, I was trying to pay some attention to that. And I feel like it's done well enough to where even just seeing the, the, the rough idea and the way that like the multiverse is explained in yeah. the movie is just that like, hey, there, this is a universe over here. There was a Spider-Man in that one. Right. There's a universe over here. There was a Spider-Man inside of that one. Right. There are certain moments like um, Andrew saving MJ. Oh, dude. So cool. So cool. Yeah. And that, yeah. Like that's one where I don't, I don't think that that scene can play as good without having seen it. Right. I like, think they try and set it up for you where he's like my, you know, yeah, Gwen, I couldn't save Gwen or something. So, th so there's some amount of, of buildup for right. it. Right. So like if you had no idea what he was talking about, all you would have heard him say was, I couldn't save Gwen. And then he saved MJ. And you'd been like, oh, I guess they paid that off. But like, no, they really paid it off. They really, I mean, it's yeah. basically like frame for frame, like the same moment yeah. as, as Gwen Stacy going down. And what I loved about that was, well, obviously they caught her. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I think that as actors, Zendaya and uh, Andrew Garfield, like their exchange on the ground, it's like palpable how emotional it is. Mm -hmm. It's like he was given the opportunity to do the thing that he didn't. So, or that right. Peter Parker, I guess, is what I mean. Not Andrew, I'm just trying to distinguish. You could just tell it's such an emotional upheaval for him. Well, it's like, I, you know, they're spending the whole movie trying to like fix the villains and like cure them or whatever. Right. But like, you don't, they don't, they never address it with like the other two Peters, but they sort of do the same thing with them. Like, oh, like they, they let him get the save. And then uh, I guess, I don't know if for Tobey Maguire's you want to say like he, if he blamed himself for killing Green Goblin the first time by stabbing him and this time he like comes up and stops. I think that's or, probably, yeah, yeah I think it is. I, I think that First is. he gets immediately stabbed <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I thought for a second they were going to kill Toby, and I was like, <gasps> they would not. <laughs> I liked the little like, ah, I've been stabbed before. Been stabbed it's like, before. it's like, okay, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Hello and welcome everybody to the Scenic Crew, where as always, we got the high chase, honey. You know what? First try through the magic of editing. But of course, I also have to tell you about today's sponsor, Bespoke Post. Here's the thing. We talk about Bespoke Post on this channel all the time, and rightly so, because it is actually awesome. But there is no better time to talk about it thanks to their winter collection of their boxes of awesomes. I think this is the right plural. 
So here's the thing. As a brand new dad at the start of winter, I am full aware of the fact that I am about to start spending a lot of time at home, which is why I am so excited about this month's box, which is called Hibernate and comes with these ridiculously cozy, really cool looking slippers. But the amazing thing about Bespoke Post is that they have brand new boxes every single month to cover the many aspects of your life. For me, for example, when it's cold outside, I love to have a fire pit, which means you have to have not just wood, but like the right sized wood to start a fire in your backyard, which is why I love this trusty little hatchet for my split box. By the way, I have officially committed to a team bark side up. If you know, you know. If you'd like to get started, and I highly recommend you do, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them figure out which boxes are going to be best for you. It's absolutely free to sign up, and you can skip or cancel your subscription at any time. And, and, each box is only $45, but comes packed with over $70 worth of swag, and with each box, you're supporting a small business. So get 20% off your first box when you head on over to boxofawesome.com and use the promo code SUPER at checkout. Again, that's going to be 20% off your first order when you head over to boxofawesome.com. Promo code SUPER. Link is in the description down below. All right. Well, Ben is finally gone, which means we can finally start the real review where I get on my soapbox about everyone's least favorite holiday treat, fruitcake. Oh, yeah. There's the floor. Um, oh my god, it's so good. Raspberry, you guys. Raspberry. There's only one man who would dare give me the raspberry. Now look, I get it. This probably isn't what you thought I meant when I said fruitcake. But on the other hand, I do like to actually enjoy the food on this show, okay? Oh my gosh, am I enjoying this, you guys. But in this busy time of year, there is nothing more frustrating than getting home from the grocery store and realizing, oh no, I forgot to buy the cookie dough and now the only dessert I have to serve is the terrible dried up piece of fruitcake that was sent to me from a distant relative. Don't worry, you guys. The good news is DoorDash is there to help. Because along with all the restaurants you love, DoorDash can now deliver groceries directly to your house so you don't have to like freak out that you forgot the cookie dough and might have to serve the fruitcake. Unless you got this fruitcake, in which case you're golden because this is amazing. And ordering is super easy. All of your food or items will just be left directly outside your door with their contact-free delivery option. And for a limited time, our viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees off of their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app today and enter code JVerseB2021 at checkout. Again, that is 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app today and enter code JVerseB2021 at checkout. One more time, that is code JVerseB2021, 25% off your first order from DoorDash. Link is in the description down below. And here's the thing about cake, you guys, and I try and remind everyone I know of this, is that there's no rules against just ordering a whole one just for you. I'm not your brother who's hiding the honey. Again. Uh, I do, okay, something I really like. So you had all the villains in there and I thought they were all, well, I'm gonna say Sandman and Lizard, I feel like definitely were the afterthought villains. Yeah. Like, okay, we have, we have, we we rounded it out. We got a nice five, that's fantastic. But then you had uh, like Doc Ock and Electro were like, definitely like the two ones that took up the, a lot of the speaking lines. And then you had like Willem Dafoe and Green Goblin being like, this is the real, real, real dangerous one. I even thought that yeah. was cool though too, because Green Goblin is again so iconic, and it was really awesome to see to see that almost like that well illustrated. Like yeah. like it was very clear that like if someone's going to be able to trade blows with 
with Peter, yeah. it's Green Goblin. Yes. Um, and it's like, you wouldn't think so because like the other guys are shooting electricity and can control giant sand clouds and Green Goblin is just like stronger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. But it's like, nope, he's still the most dangerous one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing too. So you get to the, like, I think it hails back to a scene from the Raimi Spider-Man series with Toby when he's like lost it. Yeah. You know, when he's just pure anger. Yeah. But there was something to me about Tom Holland going into just instant kill mode, like Peter Parker, not the suit, but Peter Parker going into instant kill mode right. at the end against Green Goblin, where he is just plain mad. He is. And I feel like it's because we've been given this Peter Parker character who has been so sweet, so innocent. Like he's nerdy, he's lovable. Like, you know, he he's eating the churro. Yeah. And it's like, you're seeing this, like this look on his face that is so angry. And I mean, he's just going for it. And for a, for a Spider-Man fight scene, it is not leaning on web slinging. It is not leaning on acrobatics. These are two people boxing yeah. on this thing. They and do I, do some creative web stuff, but. They, yes, yeah. more than none, but it's not It's not like, let me get up yeah. to this rafter and slingshot myself. And, right. You know, like. <clears throat> yeah, it, they're just trading blows. And to say they're trading blows is generous. Peter's just wailing on him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I thought that was like, it was like, whoa. But like, that's another thing I like. Like I, like the movie was like extremely emotional. And I feel like normally if you describe a movie as emotional, what you mean is it was sad. Right. But like I, no, I mean emotional in every possible way. Like you can just run the gamut down. Like if you want to go like the inside out characters, like, you know, joy, like I was laughing so much in this movie Absolutely. all the time. Yep. There were like, when Aunt May dies, that I think is the most emotional death in the entire MCU. Sorry, Tony, but I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it was, I was like, I was like really tearing up. But then like, you're right. Like there was also like actual, like the way they portray Green Goblin for the whole movie, like you, the audience, especially if you've seen the old movies, like it, it is like so ominous every time, like Peter trusts him with anything. You're like, don't do it, Peter, don't do it, don't do it. Don't, no, Peter, no, it's not, no, 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 no. And then it's, it's like, uh, I, just, I think like the, like the fear is there. You're like, Peter. Right. And then uh, and then like the anger too, like like they really let Peter just go out, like you, they just cover the full range of emotions on it. And they do a good job, I think, of making you feel it too. Even like, um, I'll even, I think you can even throw disgust in there. Like when Peter arrives at school and everyone knows who he is and they like show yes. him like, this was a really well done scene. Yes. Cause I, it, it, he walks up the stairs and it almost looks like he's the first person there. And he has this awkward exchange with the teachers who all have like different opinions about who he is. And then they like, pan over and like watch him walk down the hall and it was just like oh oh i feel so so bad for you right now like it is like i don't know like i feel like they could have the way they shot it in particular i don't know what how they're moving the cameras or whatever but like you could just uh, you could really feel just the the anguish yes. of that crowd yeah oh and i mean and yeah you see it in both ways so you end the movie with peter being incredibly isolated but really you also start the movie with him being incredibly isolated yeah which really is the the constant battle for yeah, Peter, Peter Parker, Parker uh, like to, to be balancing the Spider-Man persona as well. But um, no, I completely agree with that. I like, that was one of those scenes where I was like, well, they, they, yeah, cause you're talking to like the one hilarious teacher guy and you know, the cut over and you're like, oh, they're in front yeah. of the whole freaking school right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, emotional was the very first thing that I wrote down. Mm -hmm. Like 
there is no, like if I'm going to a Pixar movie, I know that there is a high likelihood I'm going to cry. And you could not have been like, oh, it's a Spider-Man movie, like bring your tissues. Yeah, you know, know right? it's like, but like, I mean, I don't think it was once, twice, three times. I think it was five to six moments throughout this movie, throughout this movie yeah. where, where you could legitimately have just cried. Yeah. Um, and so I wrote down, yeah, like Aunt May's death was just unreal, especially coming after the delivery of the line. Uh, Peter losing his cool green goblin was one where I was just like, holy cow. Uh, Peter saying goodbye to Ned and MJ. And when Doctor Strange is talking about people loving Peter and he uses the word we. Yeah, it's like very subtle. It's very subtle, yeah. but it's like, like what he's saying right there is like, we love you. Like yeah. it's not just, it's not just those guys down there. It's like, it's me too. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was like an incredible moment and I'm sure I'm not even listing everything, but um, yeah, I just thought that was, I thought it was really, really cool the way that they were just able to like keep getting you and then being able to bring you back. Yeah. Like Andrew Garfield climbing on the roof to get the, like the dust. Yeah, like, the, the cobble. It's so funny. Like she wants Spider-Man to clean up a, a web from an actual I did spider. not even yeah. get that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, then she comes back and like, can you guys clean up the webs you just shot? <laughs> and yeah, and they're like, oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like they're all like so overwhelmingly polite. Yes. Yeah. Um, Very fun. Okay, so moving on to the next next big thing that I felt like was so, so, so well uh, executed in, in this movie is just the idea of friendship. Like, mm-hmm. you've got it with, um, I think, Peter and Aunt May, uh, who have, like, their own unique relationship. You have it with Ned and MJ, who, I mean, the three of them are just so adorable together. Yeah, they are. I, that, that was one of those where I was like, it seems like, at the very least, the huge friendship between Ned and MJ, like jumped a few levels between movies. Oh, sure, like, sure, sure. Yeah, so like last movie, you guys started dating like, apparently like a week ago or something, right? Now you guys are like the three best friends that anyone could have. And That's true. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, totally, that, that's one of those things where they were just like, just this is this is how it is now, so just deal with it. I, I would say, yeah, with yeah. that rush pacing thing yeah. I was talking about, I would I would classify that yeah. in this category. That, all like, the cures that come up with the bad guys, like guys, so this, these are we we were in a high school lab for like twenty minutes and we're smart, so we cured five supervillains. Just roll, just don't even we did it. Just Same don't thing. worry about it. Peter was bitten by radioactive spider. Hey, Spider Man. Okay, you get it. Okay, we're we have, moving past. We it's not the point of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And it's not the point yeah. of the movie, uh, which I love. Um, but yeah, so the. The friendship and the way that they like scale it in terms of like demonstrating, especially between Ned, MJ and Peter, uh, like it's starting in the beginning and like how the three of them are coming together and like reacting to Peter being, you know, public menace number one. And like MJ doesn't waver at all. Yeah. Like is like no part of her is bothered by the fact that, I mean, I'm sure she's bothered, but like it doesn't affect her feelings towards him at all. Yeah. They've got like talking about going to college together, like the MIT thing. They all like meet up to like open their like letters yeah. together. They're all disappointed together. Um, like they the, talk about like rooming together. That's like that, I thought that line was like a very subtle one because it's like that's the sort of line that in a lot of movies that like someone would bring it up and like everyone would agree, but someone would be like, I don't know about that. Oh sure, but they were just like they like brought it up and they were just like, yeah, of course. Well, obviously we're, we're gonna, gonna live together. together. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the uh, joining forces to help Peter, like, which is like the, you know, he's trying to go and handle all this stuff. And they're like, we can workshop this. Like the way that they're just like, the way we solve any other problem, like we'll, yeah. just, we'll just do that, but fighting supervillains. 
right. you know, so they show up there and they're like working in the dungeon. I love how enamored Ned is with the dungeon and it's like complete <laughs> non like, I don't know, magicalness. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. It's like the Sanctum Sanctorum. We still just have a pretty regular basement here. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's these like, what was it like a Pilates machine or something? Yeah. Like Torture device. No, it's a Pilates, Pilates machine. machine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then uh, fast forwarding to the end with, with the friends though, you've got like their final departure is another one of those just like total tearjerker moments. Um, and it's, I think it's interesting that Peter knows what he has to do. And it usually feels like when the when the hero knows the noble thing that they're supposed to do, that it is not met with, yes, you should do that. Uh, but it's like, Peter goes down and tells them, and it's like, they're not, they're, again, they're not mad at him. Yeah. You know, they're not like, you idiot, don't do this. Yeah. You know, it's like, they, it's like they can tell that he wouldn't be saying it unless he had to. Right. Um, and <laughs> I mean, the sky is literally cracking into other dimensions above their head. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Might be like a, okay. Okay. The evidence is supporting this. Yeah. <laughs> but I still feel like it's just, um, it's a level of caring that I feel like, especially MJ, and I think really what it comes down to is I really like their chemistry together, just even as actors. Yeah. Um, well, and I, mean, I guess they're dating in real life. There's also that. Yeah, so. yeah, like the level of caring that MJ has towards him is just so massive. And even like the faith in the way that she loves him is almost like, like we will find each other. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know how, but like this is supposed to be, and then she's wearing like the black. Lotus she's still necklace. wearing, yeah, like the broken piece of the black lotus necklace at the donut shop later. Yes. Yeah. Which I feel like is going to come back. Oh, for sure it's going to come back. I, here's another. This is like a, another good example. I thought of like good restraint. It's like she was wearing it, but and and like they very easily could have had Peter like you know show his eyes go like looking down and then like zoom in on the necklace or something like that. Into it. No, no, like, no, 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 no. She's just wearing it. Like, right. You, it's there to notice. Right. It's, it's yeah. there. Yep. I have a feeling that black lotus necklace is going to be like mega, mega iconic whenever we see how it inevitably brings them back together. Sure. Someday, eventually, hopefully, probably, maybe. Oh, they're definitely gonna get back together. They have to. They, of course they have to. I yes. um, I will be devastated if they don't someday give Peter a, like a, like a, like a Steve ending where he gets to go on like, Oh yeah, he gets his like last dance or something. Yes, it has yeah. to happen. I will yeah. not be okay with it not, not happening. <laughs> Do you think they will introduce like the, the Gwen Stacy character in in the future? It's hard to say. Yeah. I feel like uh, there's, I thought one of the really, really, really neat moments was um, Jamie Foxx's line about like his rationale about who Peter must be. Yeah. And just like, He's like, I just thought you'd be black, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I feel like that's obviously a great setup for Miles oh, Morales. Oh man, the whole, yeah, that was like, so they set up, they set up some fun stuff that you're just like, oh my God, they set up Miles. That's so fun. Yes, yeah. yes. The, yeah. Now the question is, will it be like a brand new MCU Miles or will it be like, the, uh, like this whole movie was just about other spider people and the end of the Spider-Verse movies where Miles Morales is the main character is all about other Spider-People crossing I, over. I like, hope, it's gotta be him. I want it to be in the spider Me too. That, that is what I'm hoping for. And my, based on even like the post-credit scene with um, Tom Hardy from yeah. Venom, mm -hmm. uh, my, my suspicion is that both Sony and Marvel are having just, or in Disney, are having just like a stare down because they both know they've got something. Yeah. And so it's like, I think Sony's like, you gotta let us in. 
we have Spider-Man, you gotta let us in. Yeah. And Disney's like, you have our story. Yeah. Like, don't act like we're like, you know, you profit from these stories. Well, here's the thing. Um, At this point, they, I think with this, before, I mean, Spider-Man was already pretty integral to the MCU, like pretty big time. But like, as of this movie, they are so like knitted together that like, I will do nothing but scoff at every headline from now to the end of time that says Sony and Disney had a falling out. Like, they, like, look, you can just ignore those. That's not true. They might, they might be mad and they might be having some whatever you know fight of the week or whatever. But it does, look, they are, they are not breaking up. Okay, right. It is. There's too much. It nope. is. They, they have entwined themselves too deeply. They're not going right? to mess up the they're story. They're not going to. They're not going to. You know, they're just going to. They're just going to work together better. Because like, oh man. So the other thing they set up besides Miles is Venom. Yes. Coming into which I'm so excited about because I love the TV show Ted Lasso <laughs> and the little symbiote yeah. is right there on the table in front of Danny another. Rojas. Yeah, Danny Rojas. <laughs> like, Football is life. That is right. So yeah, that's the question. Yeah, so yeah, the symbiote gets left behind somehow. Um, do so. Yeah, how is how is that going to work in the MCU? Is it like I'm sure it'll just be its own Venom character. I don't think it'll be the Tom Hardy Venom coming over. You want to know why it's going to be hilarious? Why? Because Venom is so intense and scary, and Danny Rojas is so chipper and happy. Do you think it's going to be him? I think it's going to be him. him. Okay. Why get such an up-and-coming actor to to be the the bartender? bartender? I I agree. It wouldn't make sense, and I'm all for Danny Rojas Venom, Um, whatever that character ends up to be. The other character they've introduced, uh, another character who has existed already inside of the Tom Holland Spider-Man is Flash. Yes. And he, like, along with the whole, like, theme of, like, friendship in this movie, he is a character who is, like, even in the last movie, he's, like, oh, my, you know, he's constantly seeking, like, outward validation from, like, people by live streaming. Yes. All the time. And then he gets home and his driver's there and he's, like, could mother and father not make it? Like, he's clearly neglected by his parents and wants acceptance. And, like, he immediately, when he gets into MIT, he immediately is, like, I have an in with the with Ned and MJ and Peter. And he, like, you know... I th- he really wants to be accepted. I, I, I think, think you're. I think you're right. I think. I think that like this is your classic case where it's hard to always feel sorry for a bully, but it's also very important to remember that the reason that they're a bully is because something bad happened. Yeah. And I think for this character, it's like even though he's absolutely like a spoiled brat character, he he has been neglected as a human being. Right. And so I think that there is going to be layers to that character. Yeah. I have a hard time imagining that character as Venom. Oh, so do I. Because he doesn't, like, have, like, the, you know, big Venom look about him. Right. And that's, you know, that is sort of Venom's thing. But they have had Flash there the whole time, and he hasn't done much other than just sort of be a little bit of a bully. True, true. But also, I don't know how the symbiote's going to get to him when it's right there with Danny Rojas. That's the thing. It's in... And it's hard, it's hard to tell because like even Ted Lasso as a show is like absolutely winning awards and crushing it and stuff. But I, I don't know how widely known it is. Yeah. And so I don't know how much that actor like will have that notoriety. Mm-hmm. Like he could be someone who's just like has just been found. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to know yeah. with like whatever's going on there. So I don't know. I'm very curious about it. I'm excited for it. I really just want as much Spider-Man as they're willing to give us. Oh my gosh. It's like, it just doesn't disappoint anymore. Yeah. Like at all. It's like Spider-Man is just, I think it's been true for a long time, but this is just like that Spider-Man has been maybe like the most popular superhero 
like out there. Yeah. And I think this does nothing but extend his lead. It's like it went maybe if you were winning by two miles, now you're winning by like fifteen though. Right. You no, know, I don't know. It's hard not to think that it's just like that Spider Man's not everyone's favorite at this point. I it's you know, I, it's hard to imagine. So he's good. so he's so lovable. Yeah. Um so I don't know. I'm very excited for the future. I, I guess it goes without saying that I absolutely loved this movie. Um Same. I I feel like I was I would really have a hard time critiquing it unless you want to get in the weeds about how quickly they can develop cures for Oh yeah. These if you characters. want to get bogged down by that, then you know, go for it. Right. Yeah. But, it's like it's like the it's like they made entire movies about how the Spider-Man weren't able to defeat these guys, and then in like 30 minutes they defeated all of them. And not defeated them, they cured them. Cured them. Yeah. Right. Um something back. What is it? Do, do they say something like like let's kick their butts? Cure their butts. Cure their butts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they said that. Cure their butts. Everyone good? Right. Spider-Man one, Spider-Man two? All on the same page. All on the same page. Um <clears throat> That's all I have. I could probably gush about it for a lot longer. I know. Let's see. Is there anything else I want to talk about? Oh, they um, they reintroduced Daredevil in this movie. Yeah, that was really fun. Just like that. I thought he was gonna have maybe a little bit bigger role, but it was just like you're gonna need a good lawyer. Catches the brick. <laughs> How'd you do that? <laughs> I'm a really, a really good, good lawyer. lawyer. <laughs> like, sly. I can't believe like the spider sense wasn't like picking up on Matt Murdock at all a little bit there, but he wasn't really threatening him in any way. He was distracted. He was distracted. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. So the other thing about Daredevil coming back is that the, uh, I don't want to give like big Hawkeye spoilers or anything. The the big theory all season has been that Kingpin is the boss and the trailer for the final episode just dropped today and the trailer is just called The Boss. So I'm feeling like what they did was they held the reveal until they gave you the Daredevil reveal in Spider-Man and now they're like, and guess who's back also in over at Hawkeye. Right. That's what I think is happening. Yes. Yeah. We're like, they're always, always, always going to give you the big inside of a cinematic release. Yeah. I, I think. And then, you know, they can, they can then fluff. Yeah. With the TV shows. With the TV shows. Yeah. So that'll be really cool to, to see how all of that plays out or if we'll get more Daredevil show, more Daredevil Oh yeah, like will we get? Will he just sort of like be in the MCU now, just sort of like floating around as a character? Will he get? Yeah, I don't know if, if he'll get more. I guess he could have like a Disney Plus show or something. I don't know. We'll have I don't to know either. Out. That yeah. that's that's TBD. Um, did you think anything about the the Doctor Strange trailer? I think it <clears throat> looks awesome. Yeah. Um, I think I think with all of the multiverse everything, and, and this was like one of the thoughts at the end of the Spider Man at the end of No Way Home is it was sort of like they cracked open the multiverse, but then they also fixed it. Yeah. But then we also know the multiverse is coming anyway for what seems like a variety of reasons. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote this down. It's like in the last, and like just in 2021, they have like had three giant multiverse cracking events happen in their shows and movies. Like yeah. you had Westview Wanda fight at the end, which who knows how powerful Wanda is at this point. They had this at the end of Spider-Man where the whole sky is like cracking into purple shards, which was then very reminiscent of what was happening at the end of Loki when they have some big cataclysmic multiverse thing. Right. It was like, are all like my, I'm like wondering if all three of those things were like, somehow happening at the same time. I feel like, like they were, and what you have is sort of this like, you have three 
separate timelines that were all, they were all barreling to the same moment. So yeah. I feel like in my mind, Westview is happening literally at the same moment as all the Spider-Man stuff right. in New York City. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, that is the only way that I feel like I will be able to comprehend it is that maybe what happened is it's just like they, they cracked the egg, but they haven't opened it yet. Sure. Um, sure. Even that, even that would be so easy to just explain, like, wouldn't you hear about it in Westview? was like, no, of course you wouldn't, because they were all trapped in the bubble. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Yeah. Why would they know anything? So, yeah, where they'll go with it next, I'll be excited to see. I'm excited for Doctor Strange. I feel like that movie is going to be, like, high stakes all of a sudden. Um, and it's just gonna be really cool. I would easily give this movie a 99 out of 100. That's what I wrote down, 99 out of 100. Boom. Yes. I think that's gonna be our new favorite movie thing. I, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, I absolutely wanna know all of your thoughts in the uh, towel section down below. Again, I think one of the big things I would like to reinforce is this idea of do not uh, spoil it for people. I don't think, it seems like everybody's on the same page with that. Anyway, it seems like everybody, and I love that. Like it's one of my favorite things about fandoms is like when people really genuinely want you to get like the pure experience. Yeah. Um, so let's try to keep that message alive as we all go forward. Um, but I think that's all I've got for today. That's all I got for today, man. Until next time. Bye. bye.